Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have, especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I, I've got it. Oh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. We've got it. So let's set the stage for what we're going to talk about today. Obviously, you came here because of what you read, the topic of today's conversation that you and I are going to have. And we've titled this, Are You Making Any of These 10 Emotional Intelligent Mistakes As Some Leaders Do? And, you know, I know that maybe you are not And you might know of someone as in a leadership capacity who does make these kind of mistakes. But I'm almost certain that when I list these 10 mistakes or emotional intelligent mistakes leaders are making, probably you might find yourself checking off one that you can improve on. You could do some work on, right? Because every one of us, including myself, have has work to do when it comes to our emotional intelligence. It's not like we once and for all fix or get it to the part where to the point where we no longer need to work. This is a continuous work, my friend. You know, in the area of self-awareness, as one of the first, you know, skills of the four of, you know, the core skills of emotional intelligence, self-awareness. I am more self-aware today than I was last year or the year before. And I guarantee that I will be more self-aware next year than I am this year. And so it is for you. It's a continuous process. Life is about learning, growing, and every stage of life will bring a different sense of awareness that we may not have had at an earlier stage. So when I say that these 10 emotional intelligent mistakes, 
maybe, just maybe, if you look or listen very closely, you might find that there is one that you might need to brush upon. You might need to get better at. You might need to work on even more so than the others that I list. But here's what happened. I find sometimes the pushback is, or let's not use the word pushback. Sometimes we think we, we, we've got it. You know, I mean, I've got this. I am good when it comes to emotional intelligence. And, and so we kind of shut off. But we are, sometimes people may come and listen to the show. And I don't think you are this one, but I know there's somebody out there who is going to listen. And they're going to listen not for themselves. They're going to listen for somebody else, right? And they are going to think, oh, I wish he or she would listen to this. Well, I, I applaud if that's what you're here for. Please, please do me a huge favor. Would you pass this on to that person you're thinking about? Not just wish that they would listen. Would you just, hey, not necessarily say, hey, you've got to listen to this episode on emotional intelligent mistakes because they will know that is you have you're thinking about them and you're thinking they need to work on some things. But you could actually start off with another episode, maybe number 74 or 75, where I talk about the competencies that leaders ought to have. And again, you know, you got to be careful how you mention that. Just say, hey, there's a show called The Kings of Grand Show that I want you, hey, it's really growing and and people are listening and talking about this show. And I thought maybe you might find some some helpful episodes there and let them choose what number they want to listen to. That might be a better way to do it, right? That's being more emotionally uh, emotional intelligent because you're actually using your self-awareness to figure a better way to communicate what it is that you want someone else to do. Now, what I say that because if you come with a closed mind, if you come with a mind that's made up that with the idea that I know it all, I don't need to, it's for somebody else, you might miss, you might miss something. You may have heard me in episode number 85 where I shared about how when I first heard someone actually give a life, give a life presentation on emotional intelligence, a part of me was resistant. And the more I think about that, I think what was at work was not just, I, I think it's arrogance. I was a bit arrogant going in, you know, I know it all, I know better than they, and I also framed what they said, which which really, I think the presenter may not have done a great job or a good enough job to really convey the ideas behind emotional intelligence where my take was, was interpersonal skills training. It's almost like you're teaching someone interpersonal skills. And, and, and the reason why I say that, because if you listen to that episode, you might have heard me say, you know, as an adjunct professor, I teach interpersonal skills. And so I'm pretty much knowledgeable of what that looks like. And even though emotional intelligence do have that inside of it, it's not all that. However, when I heard the delivery, when I heard the person shared 
my mind was actually trying to figure out, okay, how do I compare that? And I was kind of building up enough to almost debate <laughs> in a public manner. Thank God I was not called on when I had, a, had my hand raised. We ran out of time. And I'm glad. Looking back, I'm glad they never called on me because I went to the person afterwards and in sharing with them my thought, we had a good conversation. And I, I you know, when we are in a public setting, we tend to defend ourselves more. We want to look good. And so maybe I may have gotten into a of a dis- debate and a heated, not heated, but kind of confrontational conversation. And it may not have looked good. So I'm glad they never call on me. Have you ever been there where you look back and, and say, oh, man, I'm glad for something? Okay, that's how I felt. And what happened, I said that to say this, that sometimes if we come to a, a podcast, a show like this, and we, we, we see the title, Are You Making Any of These 10 Emotional Intelligent Mistakes Other Leaders Are Making? We, we tend to come with a critical eye. We, we, can't, we tend to come with, not for ourselves, to say, it, could it be that I am making one of those mistakes. So I want you to think about that and, and enter. When, when I begin to share them, begin to think about, you know, am I making that mistake? You may want to pause and ask that question. Am I making that mistake as well with my, my team, with my family, with my friends? Because my friend is not just in one context, right? It's across the board in any relational context we find ourselves in. And, and so what I'm going to do then in a few moments, I'm going to get to the did you know segment. Actually, you know what? Let me give you the first five. How about that? Let's kind of change things up today. Let me give you the first five. Then we will do the did you know segment of our show where I highlight an attraction, a tourist attraction destination in Jamaica that you may want to think about going when you visit Jamaica, and hopefully that will be soon. If you're going to visit or have visited, I would love to hear what your experiences were and or your experience was, and I would love to hear maybe you you also went to one of these locations that I've me- I'm mentioning, and I would love to hear your experience. As a matter of fact, it will, it will be great to do a follow-up and just say, oh, you know, I mentioned this attraction on episode number XYZ and I had a a an a, someone in my audience who actually wanted to do a go on air you know actually be on on live and they will have this conversation I could record that and then insert that into a future episode that would be so cool wouldn't it that would be so cool so if you want to do that make sure you connect with me and let us set that up. It would be a brief, just a brief interview format kind of thing, maybe five minutes or less. And all you will share is just your experience that you had at one of these locations in Jamaica. So we're going to get there. Let's hit the first five emotional, intelligent mistakes that some leaders are making and see if you're making any of these. Okay, so here's the first one that we're going to talk about. And this is not in any particular order. I'm just having them listed this way. The first one that I have written down is the mistake that 
some leaders make when it comes to emotional intelligence is that they are unable to control their emotions. They are unable to control their emotions. And if they're being honest, they would say, okay, I try my best in the public arena. But my question is, how do you behave in the private arena? And, and it, you know, you cannot behave one way someplace, one place, and then behave another place that way. We tend to do things the way we always do things across the board. But if that's what you're doing, then you are being hypocritical, right? You're not being congruent. You're not being really authentic. And people will see through that. So people who are unable to control their emotions, they go off the hand, they fly off the handle, they throw temper tantrums, they throw things around, break things around, and you can tell. And if that's you, my friend, that's a huge mistake that some leaders make because it only sends a very, how should I put it? It's a rippling effect it has upon the team members when they see their person behave that way. Number two, they are clueless. <laughs> I use the word strong. They are clueless about the feelings of others around them. It's as if they're like out of touch. And you wonder, do they have feelings? And this is where the lack of empathy comes into play. If you don't know what emotions you're feeling and identify them, because self-awareness is simply the idea, the ability to recognize and recognize your emotions, label them accurately, give it the right name that you're experiencing. And if you don't know that about yourself, it's going to be hard, a bit more challenging to find that kind of emotion that's happening around you in other people. So number two is that they're clueless, right? They're, we would say they're out to lunch when it comes to the feelings of others. Number three, they just simply can't maintain good relationships. They have a hard time. You know, whenever you find relationships going bad or not happening good, right? And there is one common denominator, which is you, it's time to start thinking that, you know, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the problem. Because sometimes what happens, people who are having this relationship going south, going sour, they will almost always blame somebody else. But when you're emotionally intelligent enough, you're able to take responsibility for the part you play. Because remember now, in every relationship, in every relationship, 50% of the relationship belongs to you. And the other 50% belongs to the other person. The question is, what are you doing with your 50%? Okay? And that's where you take responsibility. Number four, they always have, <laughs> you know, would say a sour puss face, right? Or a poker face. They have a hard time basically showing that they're happy, that they are um, how should I put this word? That they are content with life. It's almost their face tells the message or sends a message that they're just not happy, right? And and so it's hard to know what they're experiencing. And especially remember now, if you're leading people that way, they're going to be repelled because they don't know what it is that might be going on and they're fearing that hmm, this person might just explode. What if? So the what-if questions are always there. 
So they tend to have this kind of sour puss, sour lemon, you know, a person who bit into a lemon, a sour lemon, and go, ah, mm, you know that face when you do that? That's the face they tend to have almost all the time. Actually, you know, it's like you say, all the time. Now, number five, they are often, they, they, how should, they, they do behave inappropriately emotionally for a situation. For example, something might be painful or hurtful and they're smiling or they're laughing. Or something might be funny and they're just not actually getting it. Now, I understand not everything is funny to everyone. But at least show that, okay, maybe you didn't understand. You didn't get the humor. You didn't get the punchline. Well, you can show that you never, you know, a questioning face that might, I missed something here. But some people behave inappropriately emotionally, you know, in situations that it, it, it begs for, okay, what's going on here, right? It begs a question as if they really are understanding the moment. Are they aware of what's happening? And so the five things I mentioned so far is, number one, they are unable to control their emotions. Number two, clueless about the feelings of others. Number, of others. number three, can't maintain good relationships. All right, number four, that sour puss face, right, as if they bit into a sour lemon. Number five, often just inappropriately expressing their emotions, right, in, inappropriately in situations that are may not even be relevant. I mean, their, their expression is not fitting for that situation. So we're going to get into the next five and hopefully, how are, you, how are you doing so far? Are you in any of those five? Did you see yourself there at any point in any relationships? Hmm. So again, I want you to be tracking with me and see how you're doing. So we're going to get into our Did You Know segment that we've been doing here on the show. And again, today I'm going to go, we were going to another area I've not really talked about before. So it's a new area, but it's one nevertheless that you also need to be thinking about and possibly going to visit. So let's get into our Did You Know segment of the show right now. Did you know that one of the, the parishes and the cities of Jamaica, you know, in the region called Trelawney, that's the parish, and then the, the city is Falmouth, okay? It's F-A-L-M-O-T-H, Falmouth, and Trelawney. And, and there is this very interesting lagoon that's there. Because at night, and this is where you want to go at night to visit this this um, attraction because that's when it's you see all the spectacular and dazzling and incredible brilliance of the moment because it's a lagoon that sparkles and glistens when the water is disturbed because there are some microscopic organisms that produce an eerie glow so it's it's one of those places where the glow reflects the outlines of the fish and other objects in the water and it's given the name the Luminous Lagoon, and it's said to be the largest and most brilliant of four in the world, a fact that continually attracts and awes visitors and scientists from around the world. Now, what, what this glistening, right, what they're saying, this glistening is caused by um, a certain kind of microscopic life, right, that... that produces this and so you 
are going to be actually wanting to make sure you have a camera, a video camera, and because when it happens, you're going to find yourself in this glowing water surrounded by the luminous green glow of the of the the water of the lagoon so i want to encourage you to make sure you plan to go there and afterwards you're going to have yeah the restaurant is there you can have the, the jamaican you know the authentic jamaican food and if you're into alcohol there is there but it's a tour you can have a 45 minute tour that will take you to do a, have that experience so make sure you go there did you know that jamaica has one of the first one of the four lagoons in the world like this and it is to be the, be the most brilliant of all four. Did you know that? Well, now you know. And now you must go. We now return to regular broadcasting of the Kings of Grant show. Okay, we are we're continuing then the, the list of the 10 emotional intelligent mistakes that leaders some leaders make, and the question is, are you making any of them? And we did the first five, and how are you doing on the first five? Is it that you saw yourself there? And one of the things about emotional intelligence and the ability to grow and to make your, become better at it is when you are able to spot your emotions in other things, other people, other places, for example, at the movies or watching television, or watching people, you know, I do people watching quite a bit. And sometimes you can just, without even hearing anything, it's almost like they turn the audible off of people's conversation and watch their body language, watch their reaction. You know, recently, I, one of our neighbors, I saw, like, the, the mother was talking to the little child. And she, I could not hear what she was saying because she was a, a distance away from where I was. But one thing I saw that told me that the mom was reprimanding the little girl because the mom kind of, you know, they, they were going to want this dog. She bent over and she was on the little girl's height. So she wanted to make sure she saw her, looked into her eyes and her face. And then the mom had her fingers pointing. It's almost like it's almost that lecturing kind of, you know, point. That tells me, oh boy, somebody is in trouble. Right? I, I could tell that. And my thought was, do I do that? And of course, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't see that see that in myself. I may have done that as when my kids were much smaller and wasn't really as emotionally intelligent as I am today. Like I said before, we are growing and this is a continuous process. We never stop doing this. So number six is people who are making emotional intelligent mistakes the number 6 one the number 6 one we have here is they are emotionally and the term is tone deaf right tone deaf they really have problems reading or trouble reading emotions from that comes through a person's voice tone, you know, the tonality. So one of the things I teach when I'm working with in coaching and working with with individuals, especially in a group setting, I will have them listen to not just the content, but also look for the context. I will tell them to listen with their eyes and their ears. I want them to really dig deep and and find what emotion possibly is being 
is behind what's being said. Because you can tell for the most part when a person is saying something that it's coming from a place of pain or they are uncertain about certain things and you need to listen to that. It's very important. And so some people are very tone deaf. They cannot even hear that. Some leaders especially are not good at this. And you and I, we need to become better at listening with our eyes and our ears for the tone of voice that might be might behind the content that you're hearing. Number seven, they have trouble being sympathetic with other people. There are some people who are just, and, and there could be a number of reasons. It could be that they are, it's very awkward for them. Maybe they're just not able to deal with that moment and they want to deflect. They want to shift the conversation. Have you ever done that or seen anyone who would do that, especially when it comes to death and you're in a conversation and you know the person lost a loved one? It's hard to know what it is to say. And sometimes we have a hard time and some leaders, leader, people in general have a hard time dealing with that. And they will kind of deflect and you know, shift around from a conversation to to take them away from that. So I understand that aspect of things. But there's sometimes people are just just not being sympathetic. They've closed themselves off emotionally. They're not they're not connecting with people emotionally. And again, it could be for good reasons. I know I spoke to someone recently who resolved in their heart that at an early age what happened to them then is not going to happen again. And they guard themselves when it comes to their emotions. And sometimes that is what why people are having a hard time being sympathetic, much less being empathetic, right? Number eight, they have <laughs> no volume control. They just constantly, they turn, they don't know if the volume is too high. And so when someone bring that to their attention, they will say, I'm not shouting I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not upset, right? They'll do that, but they have no control over their 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 volume in in their emotions. And, and so they their reaction could just be not fit in, right? It's almost like a reaction, an, an emotional reaction that's it's over the top to whatever just happened. It's not equal. It's just really out of sync, so to speak. Have you ever done that or have that ever happened to you? Where you're wondering, where did that come from? Man, I, I didn't I didn't expect, right? That is a kind of thing these people have who have no volume control to know how to turn it down and dial down the, the noise that's around them. Number nine, they are completely unmoved by emotional scenes that they may see in people or in just like I mentioned earlier, maybe movies or TV uh, or books, they, they just are not moved. And you know, I could kind of that kind of um, you know resonates with me to some degree at one point in my life where I I really kind of shut down my emotions. I didn't want to feel anything, and so I was really oblivious to some emotions I may see in other things. And it's not that I'm not moved. It's just that I, I suppressed when it comes up, I immediately shut down because I'm not supposed to feel that way. And therefore, I suppress that. And some people do that very actively, and they've mastered that now. And it's not really healthy. It's not really good, but that happens as well. And number 10, number 10, 
they trivialize the importance of emotions in general. And again, again, it could be for any other reasons I've just mentioned. They trivialize that and they will say, okay, come on, why are you even, be, why, are you, why are you are so upset? Why are you emotional about that? Come on, you know, I grew up in Jamaica where that was one of those things I would hear. Boys don't cry. Boys don't show their emotions. What are you crying for? And were, parents would say sometimes like, do you want me to give you something to cry for? <laughs> I don't know if that ever happened to you, if you grew up with that or you're in a culture that have hurt you. You hear that pretty often. But that is what was, was said. And, and so I understand sometimes people are that way and ought to receive some coaching and help to work through that because it's not healthy, especially because you're in relationship. If you're living on an island by yourself, then of course, go ahead. But if not, you are in, in relationships with people. You've got to work on that. And one of the, the components that I did in number 74, 75, and 76, my podcast episode, was adaptability. How do you adapt? How do you adjust? Because of the situation requires and calls for that. How do you do that? That is what a, an emotional, intelligent person is able to do. Because the situation calls for that. So uh, let me summarize the last five, as I did in the first five. People who are, um, they're emotionally tone deaf. They have trouble being sympathetic. They, they have no volume control on their emotions. They are completely moved emotionally by things that move the normal, natural, the normal person emotionally. And number 10, the fifth one of the last five was they trivialize the importance of emotions in general. Now, did you see yourself in any of these 10 at any point, are you, you know, be honest. I know for me, when I first went through this list and I saw, I'm thinking, okay, where do I need to do some work? Where do I find myself possibly maybe acting a bit, you know, over the top emotionally in some situation that didn't, that requires a more tone, you know, vo- tone down the volume kind of response. And, and so this caused us to start thinking about ourselves and become the leader, as in my book, The Immortelligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed. I talk about that kind of leadership. And that's why I say leaders who are able to do this and manage themselves this way, I call them immortelligent leaders. Are you one of those? Now, by the way, you can get my book if you're so interested at Kingsley grant.com slash free leadership book. It's a Kingsley free. Well, yes, all you pay for if you are in the United States is the shipping and handling. But you go to kingsleygrant.com slash free leadership book and secure yourself a copy. Do that today. And you'll see how I kind of lay this out in my book just a different way, but you'll find traces or elements of this throughout the book. So my friend, I really hope this was helpful. I think it was. Share this with someone else and take them to go back over this list and see where you fall in this regard. And I, I do hope to hear from you about what I said earlier. And I hope you go and get a free copy of my book on the cover of the shipping and handling. My friend, let's now put a, put away this this, this, this um, episode into the archives, back 
into the vault. And now we can say our goodbyes, right? So thank you so much for taking the time to listen, in, listen to this podcast, this episode. I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing and interacting with me. My friend, remember this. You are one skill away, one skill away from your best hope. And so with that said, peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. Thank you.